All right, this is session number three of beating anxiety. So far in session one, we talked about where to go. Session two, we talked about what to know. Today in session three, we're going to talk about what to do. What to do. Now, this is where it starts to turn into a little more action than the encouragement or the comfort and the knowledge or information that we have learned thus far. Today, we're going to put some stuff into action, and instead of giving you some comfort, my step on your toes just a tad. It's all good. It's for your betterment. Are you ready? Here we go. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 and 7. They say this, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, and he will exalt you at the proper time, casting all your cares on him because he cares about you. Three things that are super simple. They're right there in black and white, but they're also very straightforward and give you a practical approach of how to beat anxiety. Are you ready? Number one, humble yourself. Now, I'm smiling because that is way easier said than done. You know what I mean? Humble yourself. And because the moment that you think you're humble, you are no longer humble. It's really tricky the way that that works. But what does humility and anxiety have to do with each other anyway? Well, I'm so glad you asked because they have everything to do with each other. If you remember back in session one, in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28, when Jesus was talking... He talked about how we should learn of his spirit when we're walking with him because he is humble and lowly in spirit. It has everything to do with anxiety. How humble we are is in direct relation to how much anxiety we will experience. Let me say it another way. Your level of humility is directly related to your level of anxiety. See, oftentimes when I'm focused on me, my anxiety is up. And the reason my anxiety is up is because my focus is on me. But when my focus is on others and my focus is, is not on self, my anxiety level goes down because my sense of burden goes down and my sense of hierarchy goes down. But notice it doesn't say to be humbled. It says to humble yourself. See, humility is a decision that only you can make. Certainly, you can be humiliated. But that's not the same as being humble. Being humble is a choice that only you can make for you. And the Bible says here in 1 Peter, to humble ourselves, watch, under the mighty hand of God. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. What does that mean? That means to come under his control. In other words, I don't know about you, but I'm really bad at trying to do life on my own. And I do it every day, every single day. I think to myself, I can do it. I can make it. I can make this happen and that happen. And, and, and I can make this business and I can make this relationship great, and I can do this, and my wife will love me more because I'm doing all these things. And when I try to rely on me, all of a sudden I think that the world relies on me. I think that my marriage relies on me. I think that my kids rely on me. I think that my relationship with God relies on me. And at the end of the day, it really doesn't. 
See, if I can come under the submission of God and now it it doesn't all fall on my shoulders and I can humble myself under his mighty hand. He's the mighty one, not my mighty hand, his mighty hand. When I humble myself under his mighty hand, his strength is made perfect in my willingness to be weak. So I choose not to be able to do it all so that his strength comes through. And maybe the reason we never see God come through in our life is because he never has to. Because we're always trying to come through for us. But I've always found that God always comes through when I let go of the reins. Give him the reins. And I begin to humble myself under his mighty hand. God, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? And if I'm in a relationship with my wife, and I am, it's God, what do you want me to say? Because sometimes I don't want to respond the way that you want me to respond, God. And when I don't, it causes more anxiety and more stress. But when I respond in the way that I know God wants me to respond, with my kids, with my wife, more fulfillment, more joy, more peace always comes, less anxiety. Why? Because I have humbled myself under the mighty hand of God. Now watch this next part. So number one, humble yourself. Number two, be patient. Oh, man. Aaron, I don't know how to be patient with anxiety. The whole point of this, of me going through these sessions, is dealing with and beating anxiety. How can I beat anxiety and be patient at the same time? I can't be patient beating anxiety. I need to beat it today. <laughs> like everything in life, we live in a microwave culture, but God is often a crockpot God. You know what I'm saying? And God will always come through and meet your needs when you give them to him and stop taking them on as your own. That's part of that humility. But we also have to learn to be patient. Patience is a lost art in the 20, what are we, in the 21st century. It's a lost art. It's something we no longer value. It's something we no longer have time for, which is ironic. But patience is the key to longevity. You can do a quick fix now and your anxiety might be gone for a moment, but it'll come back in a few moments. And you never really have dealt with your anxiety or beat your anxiety. You simply did a little trick to suppress it momentarily. But don't you know, and you do as well as I do, that when we don't choose to beat anxiety and we choose to just suppress it a little bit, it doesn't just come back. It comes back with a vengeance. It's almost like Jesus said about when the demons were cast out. And they came back to that person. And when they do come back to that person, they come back seven or eight or nine or ten times more and stronger. And I think that that can be related to this idea of anxiety. I think that when we suppress something like that for a little bit, in the same way that Jesus was talking about and using it as a symbol or symbolism, I think that it can come back stronger because we never really dealt with it. We just simply didn't deal with it. And so we thought it went away when really it never went away. We just never acknowledged it or dealt with it. But then when we choose to acknowledge it and begin to deal with it again, it, it is now stronger than it was before because we never did the hard work of being patient in the process. And we have to be patient in the process of humility. Humble yourself and then be patient. Watch what it says. It says, humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God so that he may exalt you at the proper time. At the proper time. 
The, uh, an old translation says, in due time. And, and that idea, that, 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 that symbolism, that imagery for the word in due time or at the proper time is one of a pregnancy where it's coming full term. Now, you know as well as I do, if your baby is born very prematurely, it's not a healthy experience. You want that baby to be full term. The baby has to uh, have things developed inside the womb in order to be a healthy baby, a healthy human. And just like a baby takes time to develop in the womb, so our anxiety takes time to diminish as we become more humble. And our humility takes time to develop. And what happens is when we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, he will lift us up in due time. In other words, where we think we should have been and we were anxious because we weren't there yet, when we stop trying to do it all in ourselves and we stop trying to take control of our own lives and give God the reins and we humble ourselves under his hand, he's going to get us way further than we could have gone on our own and he's going to do it at the proper time. When we're developed enough to be able to sustain where he places us. And that's what happens if we don't have patience. We don't have the developed strength in order to sustain the position that we think we should be in in life. Yet, when we are forced to be patient, when we choose to be patient, work on our humility, then all of a sudden, no longer are the stresses of life being anxious within us because we're not in charge. God's in charge and he will exalt us above it at the proper time. There's a proper time. Be patient. God's timing is always perfect. He's got you. And not only do we have to, not, not only do we have to humble ourselves, and not only do we have to be patient, the third thing we need to do is cast our cares. Cast our cares. So, and what's interesting about this is the way that it phrases casting our cares on him. There's some beautiful, beautiful language here, but it's also very interesting. And I want to show it to you because I think it will help you a lot. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And he will, so that he may exalt you at the proper time. Casting all of your cares on him. Watch. That word casting means that this doesn't happen in sequence after humbling yourself under the mighty hand of God and being patient for him to exalt you in due time. It is at the same time working in tandem with the other. So in other words, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and cast all your cares upon him. See what I'm saying? It's at the same time. And the way that it's phrased makes it as if they are supposed to happen together synergetically. And when we can do those things and cast all our cares on him, it allows us the opportunity to be patient so that he can exalt us at the proper time. Because in the meantime, we are casting all of our cares upon him. Now, I want you to notice something. All, the word all, casting all of our cares on him. 
Do you know what that word means in the original language as it's written? The deeper meaning of the word all? It's going to blow your mind. Are you ready for this? All, this is written in Koine Greek. All in Greek means all. <laughs> Did it blow your mind? All means all. It is what it is. It just means what it means. It means all, not some, not most, all, not 99% of your cares, all your cares, every care, every worry, every stress, every piece of anxiety that you carry, you were never, your body, your mind, your heart was never built or designed to be able to withstand the weight of anxiety. Let me say that again because I need you to understand it. You were never built to carry anxiety and the weight of the burdens of life. You were never built to carry that. So cast every care on him. Every care. All your cares. Give them to God. Cast them on him. You don't worry about it. You're not going to be anxious because you're going to cast all of your anxieties, all of your care on him. All of it. Why? And this is where the beautiful language comes in. Cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. And it's a play on words, two different types of cares. And that's what makes it so beautiful. I love it. Cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. God cares for you. And what's interesting about that is although they have different languages, different interpretations, different definitions, cares and cares, I want you to think about it as if they don't because I want you to understand the weight that that carries. See, you were never built to carry the weight of anxiety. But you can take all of those anxieties, all of those cares, and cast them to God because God carries anxiety for you. He cares for you. What does that mean? Does that mean he loves you? Yes, it means he loves you. But I'm not so sure that that's all it's saying here. I think it's saying that God carries the weight of anxiety for you. In other words, he has anxiety over you. Good anxiety. He takes your anxiety. He invites you to cast it all onto him. Give all of your care to him. Give all of your anxiety to him. You were never built to be able to carry it. So you will break under the pressure of anxiety because you were never built to be able to withstand its weight. So cast all of it, all of it onto God because he carries anxiety for you. Isn't that beautiful? So let's look at it again. Number one, humble yourself. Number two, be patient. Number three, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. You know, those are great and they're encouraging, but they're really difficult to do. So here's what you need to do. This is action action week, remember? 
One, humble yourself. Admit that you can't do it on your own. Anything. You're not meant to do life on your own. You were never built to be able to do life on your own. Even from the very beginning in Genesis, we see that that Adam couldn't do it on his own, so he asked for Eve. God saw that he needed someone else. God himself is three in one. And if God is a community all by himself, we as humanity, humanity made in God's image need a community that we can't accomplish all by ourselves. So humble yourself. Understand you, don't have, you can't carry your anxiety alone. Number two, take action. Be patient. Rome wasn't built in a day. All of your problems are not going to be fixed overnight. In fact, the goal is not for your problems to go away. Remember session number two? The goal is that when we experience all these things, even session number one talked about this, the problems don't go away, but peace in the midst of, the, of life, in the midst of the problems is what we're aiming for, that we can still see the issues in the world. And that way, it doesn't matter what's happening around us. We still won't have the anxiety within us. And in the moment that it enters, we just cast it onto God. Number three, cast your cares on him. They're action. You have to do them if you want to beat anxiety. How am I going to beat anxiety? What do I do? We know where to go to beat anxiety. We know what we need to know to beat anxiety. But what do we do? What action can I take to beat anxiety? Humble yourself. Be patient and cast every care onto God because he cares for you. Hey, I hope that you found this session to be so helpful in biblically beating your anxiety. There's a bonus session I want to invite you to. In addition to the bonus session, there's also a workbook and journal that will help guide you through beating anxiety. And the bonus session is called Killing Anxiety. Not just how to deal with it to beat it. It's a step-by-step guide straight from the Bible of how to kill it and stop it in its tracks the moment that you're experiencing it. In order to access the bonus session and the workbook and journal for this entire series, this is exclusive to our ministry partners. How do you become a Fresh Faith Ministry partner? You become a recurring donor and supporter of the ministry. Just go to freshfaith.org slash giving in order to make that happen. And you can become a ministry partner and access these benefits. God bless.